Let's light the tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Second hour of Life to Tower on the Horn. Craig Ray and Jeff Howe with you. Cameron Parker, producer. By the way, alongside. Tyler Pendergrass wins Texture of the Day. Yeah? Yes. You win our adulation. Said, you know what needs to be brought back? The Bigfoot pizza from Pizza Hut. I remember and that. I agree. I agree 100%. I remember that Bigfoot pizza. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Um,. Uh, clean up. Oh, that's the first time I've seen the Otani bat flip. Yeah. Oh, that was good. All saw saw it live when it happened, and he launched he launched the yes. battle as far as he did the ball. I mean, I mean, he he, and then they put that 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 ancient warrior hat thing on him when he when he got to the dugout. Or was that that kind of deal? That was glorious. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. So, hey, you don't want to got a bat flip? Don't throw him a meatball. How about that? Yeah, yeah. And then he kind of like looked like he twitched something in his next at bat there, he like, but uh, and in his uh, next at bat in the ninth, he ended up striking out. He's insane, insane. It's yeah. it's it's sickening how good that guy is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, interesting to see if he's definitely some pain there. Yeah, after yeah. that strike, I mean, yeah. you can kind of tell. Yeah, and then the Angels ended up winning it in the tenth inning over. The Yankees. Imagine being fifty and forty-five, and you're nine nine games back in yeah. last place in your division. Yeah. Well, they're not in last place because that would be the swinging A's of Oakland who are in last no, place. No, talking about the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees. Okay, yeah, I thought Yankees. you were talking about the Angels. My bad, Cam. And, you know, Angels are close, but they are uh, they're under five hundred. Cam, you can come in here and one. kick me dead square in my ass for calling you out on that. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have to get quite to that. <laughs> it's it's all right. Know. Mistakes happen, <laughs> you know. So it is, it'll happen. Um, the uh, yeah. The, the, so the Rangers, by virtue of that walk off wild pitch last night, uh, stand three and a half up on the Astros uh, in the American League West. Uh, the Mariners are eight back. Angels nine back. Uh, the A's are thirty one and a half out of first uh, there. Is there a chance there, Craig, you think? No. No chance. Uh, Tampa Bay, with that loss, still only leads Baltimore by one game in the East. That's because Baltimore, which had an eight-game winning streak going, lost to the Dodgers last night. And Camden Yard, 6-4. Chris Taylor with a grand slam to turn that game, that game around there. Uh, Twins are up a game and a half in the Central. They're one above five hundred. Uh, Gene Watson, of course, our MLB insider uh, with the Kansas City Royals, uh, will join us tomorrow on the program, and I ask him almost every time, hey, are you sure, are you sure the American League Central Division winner is going to be above 500? And he says he's reasonably sure. <laughs> one above 500 <laughs> right now. Uh, the Braves are 30 above 500. They're up 10 on the Marlins in the National League East. The Reds are two back of the Brewers. They will pick up a suspended, rain-suspended game of the Giants with – Encarnacion Strand making his major league debut, uh, and then uh, and then the Dodgers are up two on the Giants and two and a half on the uh, Diamondbacks in the West. Cleanup from hour number one. Uh, 
Our friend uh, up in Belton says, I'm going to the Rangers Rays game on Wednesday. Word. There you go. Be and, safe, Belton Gringo. Yeah, and somebody asked me on the Specs text line if I was going to any of the Dodgers-Rangers games this weekend. Friday night, uh, Linda and I are going up uh, to see the Friday game. So we, we will definitely uh, be there for that. I think uh, – um, if if the rotation works like I think it's, I think Tony Gonsolin will pitch, which will make Linda happy. She's a big fan of the Cap Man. Is she? Yeah. What about Turd Ferguson? We get a Turd Ferguson. He pitched last him? night. He pitched last night. Yeah. He's he's done a pretty solid job out of the pen in relief. Caleb Ferguson is his name, but but you know that you know Jeff calls him that after the he needs to pitch character. with an oversized hat. <laughs> yeah, really, it's a big funny, cowboy huh? hat. It's funny. It's funny, and um. Uh, he said, I just found out yesterday that Mets great Jerry Grody lives in Belton. Yeah, how about that? Was the catcher for the Mets and the Miracle Mets mm-hmm. team of 69. So somebody said, Craig, I've been a professional square dance caller in Central Texas 42 years. I hear you want to call a square dance. I can hook you up. There you go, Craig. <laughs> you go with it, Craig. Cross it off the bucket list. I mentioned on the program yesterday because it uh, requires elocutionary skill. Two things that I would love to be able to learn to do if I have a time to learn them would be to call an auction and to call a square dance. So yeah, I think I, I think I would like that. A man on the Specs text line ever there, CB said in 1993, Jeff. So we're talking 30 years ago. You could order a Bigfoot pizza and what get is HBO. It was a special pizza, pizza. I had. It's special. Oh, I, get I, buy, HBO. I buy a pizza and I get a subscription to HBO. <laughs> Man, that's quite a that's quite a combo there. Jeff, check your Twitter because CB tagged you in a Bigfoot Pizza Hut commercial that was released in 1993 Ooh, that I'm wow. sure you'll love. Yeah, uh, it's a Burger Chef had Burger Chef and Jeff, uh, and then it's going to invest my lottery winnings from last night betting on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, Westlake Soccer number one on top ten plays this morning. Jonesy for football. Mm. What's like soccer? Can't be playing soccer right now. And yes, not an app guy. Um, scammers should be boiled boiled in oil and have their fat sold for so. We're talking about the scammers straight into the airline. cauldron. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, Nate saying uh, if he won the lottery, he says he's, a- he's asking, would you? Somebody said, hey, get a jet for all your traveling, Craig. And uh, Jeff, he says, buy Gerald to close it down. That'd be that'd be a great place to start, Nate. Need to stop that. Uh, Cooter says when discussing great offensive linemen, not knocking. Pace or Ogden or Jeff for mentioning them, but why does no one mention Anthony Munoz? They should. I don't know. Probably the best offensive lineman in my lifetime, and I'm old. He said he was. I'm, he's great. I'm, great. Anthony Munoz is at the is at the end of his at the end of his career was at the beginning of my football watching career, so it's a little bit out of reference for me. But I mean, I've gone back and watched the tape. I know how awesome Anthony Munoz was. Yeah. Jackie Slater's another one, Craig. Uh, uh, Jackie Slater was a great tackle. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Great tackle, big number 78. Uh, there. Somebody said, didn't Michael Huff buy an IHOP with his first big check? Mm-hmm. He, I know he told Jim Rome he wanted to buy an IHOP. I think he ended, I think he ended up doing it. I have to ask him when we see him. Ask Huff Daddy. He, if he, uh, because he said he, he loved IHOP because he loved pancakes and fried shrimp. And he would get both. When he'd go Such to the random... One, when he got Random it, combo. He, he would get it down there at the location there at I-35 and whatever, 3rd Street, 2nd Street yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. He would go down to that one. Uh, he would he would eat at that one a lot. Yeah. We did a show from there one time. Really? Yes. 
Pretty, we did a show random. from there, yeah. Somebody said, I would buy a $23 million McLaren F1 GTR. You mean remotes? Remember when we used to do those kids? Yeah, there was one yeah. of those. Uh, multiple houses in multiple happen? states to escape the heat. Yeah, that's a good way to spend a lottery check if you did do that. By the way, Craig, it was Westlake. Westlake High School in New York City. Oh, uh, okay. One. Start saying that it, because some state and and for those who are still confused by this, there are some states who have some of their sports actually take place during the summer months, like up in the upper Midwest, they'll do uh, baseball and softball. Uh, high schools will and play them, play them then, or soccer. So that does happen. Um, so uh, CB mentioned that your uh, uh, your uh, colleague uh, Taylor Gaspar's father. Played on the Miracle Mets. Rod yep. mm-hmm. Gaspar. Yeah. Was, uh, here, here's the kind of text I like. I Text said, I'd buy a new butt. Mine is cracked. All right. All right. Yes. Love it. Love me some dad humor. Uh, yeah. Now that uh, we've officially descended into sophomore, our sophomore season. <laughs> all right. I'm always sophomore, Craig. That's, I, that's I how I roll. All right. We need a break. When we come back, hey, you know what we're doing right now? We're giving... Uh, Way a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. If you're caller number nine, Niner. number nine, number nine, as it said in so at Revolution number nine on the Beatles' White Album, be caller number nine, Tommy Kramer, Ooh. number nine. How about that? Who's the best number nine of all time? Mm, best number nine. Tony Romo. Sonny Jurgen. Tony Romo. Romo is a miracle. He was a miracle. Uh, Sonny Jurgensen. Carson Palmer was nine. Okay. Uh, Probably not John Harris in the Longhorns. Nick Foles. John Harris had a thousand yard season. Nick Foles is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, I'll think of one. Best number nine of all time. Joe Burrow might be it before it's all said and done. Yeah, before it's all said. Okay. Casey Kane. (laughs) Are <laughs> you out of boy, Cam? Yeah, Bill yeah. Elliott, Cam. How about that? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Best number nine of all time. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Gringo says I'd buy a castle, castle in the Scottish Highlands and get satellite TV to watch. Ooh, that's you know what? Nice. Seriously though, if the, the, the you know the big money purchase. Yeah. Probably like a lake house in Wisconsin or Minnesota for the summertime. Uh, that would be going really good. Up, going up there, being on the lake or the river up north fascinates me in the summer. It's something up on the Great Lakes, maybe. Yeah. That would be, that'd be nice there. I, I would have to agree. Okay. All right. There you go. There you go. Uh, Jim McMahon, somebody says, greatest number nine of all time. <laughs> See, I, I just looked at the text and I saw Reggie Jackson. I'm like, you'd buy Reggie Jackson? That's uh, that's against the law, brother. That's uh, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. insulting. You yeah, can't yeah. do that. But Dakari no, Pearson. number nine. <laughs> CB, Dakari Pearson. Uh, Mike Madonna. Ooh, good call there. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. It's, yeah. All right. So there's, there's best number nine of all time. Uh, there you go. Uh, all right. Um, when we come back, we'll have our, uh, flex 30 update. Luol Deng. Ooh. Mm. Throw that out there. There have been some better number nine. Well, I just thought of Luol Deng. Deng. Yes. Tommy Kramer from San Antonio Lee. Rice. Great. Raul. for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so we have, uh, we'll, uh, we'll have our, uh, Flex 30 update and our second hour Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. It was 1989, my thoughts were short, my hair was 
This shows the age gap and difference. I, I I didn't realize when this first started that he was rejoining with Kid Rock with with this uh, with this return cut. I thought you were actually coming back with the classic, the Warren Zevon classic, Werewolves of London. He's just sampling the opening mm-hmm, bit for yeah. that, just as he samples there with uh, Sweet Home Alabama. So uh, I thought I thought it was it because I was all set to talk about. There's that line in Werewolves of London where he says, "I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada in Trader Vic's, and his hair was perfect." When I was out in uh, Los Angeles for the Rose Bowl, I think it was the first Rose Bowl, the one against Michigan. There are very few Trader Vic's restaurants left. There was there was one in the Metroplex for a long time. And there are very few left, but there was one inside the Beverly Hilton. And I went there just to have a pina colada, just so I could say, like Warren Zevon, and my hair was not perfect, but I went in there to do that. And I don't even like pina coladas, but just to say that I went and had a pina colada at Trader Vic's. Just just one time to do that. But that was another song, not that song right there. So anyway, uh, do we have a winner there on our uh, Alan Jones is Alan. our winner for today. Congrats right. to Alan. He All was right. very excited. He actually uh, screamed on the phone. He was, he screamed? he was really pumped up for All it. All right, Alan. Way to go. Uh, uh, caller number nine. And folks are asking, you know, somebody said, hey, Drew Brees, uh, Roger Maris. Uh, I would have to go with Ted Williams. Yeah. As the greatest number nine of all time. Uh, but there were other ones. Steve McNair, Tony Parker. Somebody said Hank Blaylock, the <laughs> former Ranger. You, you think uh, we've talked about this before? You think about what Ted Williams did in his career. Just look at the numbers. Then consider how much time he missed in his prime. Basically, by serving, six years by serving his country. There's no telling what kind of numbers Ted Williams finishes with. Both in World War II and in the Korean conflict, and both World War II and Korean War. He what? was a fighter pilot. What yeah. a badass Ted yeah. Williams was. And still hit 521 home runs. Still batted 388 at age 39. It's insane. 388 in 1958. Had a home run in his last at bat. The not very nice guy says Ted Williams is correct. Forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, but somebody else said, no, no, the obvious answer. And it'd be kind of hard to argue with this. Just saying. Uh, best number nine of all time, Bobby Boucher. Exactly. Look at the picture of him there. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> the water boy. Justin Tucker wears number nine. Greatest kicker of all time. Greatest number nine. Do you remember when Bobby Boucher uh, intercepted the pass and his pants fell down and they <laughs> ran for the touchdown barrier? Yes. yes. Bobby Boucher. Well, what about the time he tackled the guy from Louisville and threw him into the stands? Yeah. yeah. Uh, CB said, what about Ted Williams' head? Yeah, yeah. There were there were some great announcer moments in that movie. Like I like the bit where you hear him, you hear Bobby Boucher tackle somebody, and then all you hear is somebody go, "Ah, my leg!" And Chris Fowler just is looking at the monitor, going, "Wow, that is a disturbing image." <laughs> Indeed, Chris has come a long way from that to announcing Wimbledon. Yeah. Not a big Chris Fowler fan, honestly. Really? Yeah. 
I'll be honest. I never. I didn't think I'd say this, even though he kind of lost the fastball as a college football announcer. I really miss Brent Musburger on the big time ABC oh, yeah. or ESPN game. Okay. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. I would take Musburger over Chris Fowler. And honestly, I mean, my. I don't know if it's just because I played a lot of the video game, but to me, and I'm glad he's been the voice of the SEC on CBS for a few years now. If Brad Nestler's calling a game, it feels like a big time game to me. Yeah, understand that. Absolutely. Uh, how about a Flex Thirty update for us? Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. I'm glad my Brent Musburger comment went over like a fart in church. Yep. Should have. Uh, just, I'll just say that. Uh, CB says Malcolm Williams, number nine, yeah. Didn't Leonard Davis wear nine for a while? He had that nine that was stretched out across his jersey. <laughs> I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, we, we had given preseason rankings or pre, uh, projections from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine since we give away the copies of the magazine, which we're told are now on, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say newsstand because you don't really have news. No, no, no. Craig, go old school. We call it newsstand. Find it where your periodicals may be sold, certainly at Barnes & Noble because I saw it yesterday myself with the one in Round Rock. And they're at uh, uh, other places as well. I think you mentioned yesterday you'll probably see them in HEBs and Walmarts as well. Your periodical distribution outlet. Or, as my friend Dave Garrett says, Walmarts, because his <laughs> grandmother used to call it that. Walmarts. You know. My wife's grandmother goes with Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. How you spell that? Your grandma used to send you, what do you mean? W-A-L-M-A-R-T. Right. And what is it? Walmarts. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Um, but um, the 6A rankings... And as we mentioned, the, the, the 6A rankings that they do in the magazine are different than the other rankings because they don't split into the two divisions for the playoffs until you get to playoff time. Therefore, during the regular season, they just do a top 25 poll instead of two top 10s, you know, one for each division, a 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, and Class A, 1A, the six-man division. So they do a top 25 poll, but they have a top 50 preseason poll. And here it is from... Number 50 on one down. How about an El Paso school making the top 50? Pebble Hills at 50. Uh, Arlington I, 49. Then it goes Cy Ranch, and I'm ascending order. Uh, Houston Heights, Conroe Oak Ridge, Clear Falls, San Antonio Reagan. Harker Heights is 43rd. Decaney, Shout out to the Knights. There you go. Spring Decaney, Waxahachie, Converse Judson is 40th. Been a long time since the Rockets were ranked that low to start. Deer Park is 39, then going up from there. Midland Legacy, the former Midland League. Klein Kane, Sam Benito. Round Rock is 35th in the rankings. Shadow Creek, Allen is 33rd in the rankings. Arlington Martin, Houston Lamar, Houston C.E. King. Fort Bend Hightower, Dickinson. Highland Park is 27th. Katie Tompkins, Fort Bend Ridgepoint, Trophy Club, Byron Nelson, 24. Dripping Springs, number 23. Had a good chat with Galen Zimmerman during, uh, uh, during uh, coaching school. Visited with him. Uh, McKinney is 22. Then it's Summer Creek, Rockwall, Klein Collins. Inside the top 20 now. North Crowley, Brennan from the north side of San Antonio. Louisville, 15. Then it's Prosper, Cibolo Steel, the Woodlands. Lake Travis is 11. Atascacita, 10. 
Denton Geyer, 9. Southlake, Carroll, 8. Vandegrift, number 7. Spring Westfield, 6. Katy, 5. Westlake, 4. DeSoto, 3. Galena Park, North Shore, 2. And defending Division I state champion, Duncanville, number 1. So there's your top 50 Class 6A, as according to Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. That is our Flex 30 update. Real quick, Craig. Yep. Uh, Travis Sikor signed yesterday with the Nationals. $2.6 million. Congrats to Travis and his family. No doubt. No doubt. And, and everybody knew he was going to sign with that. I mean, it was great that he, had he gone the route of college, he was going to be a Texas Longhorn. But I think everybody knew he would be drafted high enough. And he's a third-round pick. What, first pick of the third round? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, he, he uh, what, two and a half million? Did you say yeah, 2.6? I think like closer to 2.6. 2.6. Co- so congratulations to uh, Travis Acora and uh, his family. They have three Round Rock Dragons now in the Nationals organization. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, all right. So uh, congratulations to him as well. All right. So there is a flex, 30 update. Let's sally forth. We move forward into our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's uh, interesting, Cam, that you brought in. That's a nice segue to bring up Travis Cora because uh, let's go ahead and get into the conversation I had with David Pierce uh, at mm-hmm. coaching school. I think one of the big topics is how did the coaching staff make up get to where it is now? Woody Williams out mm-hmm. and Troy Tulowitzki coming back as director of player personnel. Really what it boiled down to, and this is exactly what David Pierce told me, the plan, his plan all along, was to have Philip Miller be in that administrative role for a year mm-hmm. and then bring him back. Even with adding a third assistant, if you bring Philip Miller back, now you've got too many coaches. You can only have three full time assistants. Right. So as he was looking at it, Philip does so many things for that program. He's. I've heard players refer to him as kind of the culture guy, the glue guy that helps keep everything together. He's worked with outfielders. He's worked with catchers, and he helped Caleb Longley last year working with the outfielders, was able to help Cameron Rupp as the student assistant working with catchers. Uh, he also, and David Pierce said this is something really underrated, he said Philip uh, Philip Miller can hit fungo and do batting practice as lo- for as long as, as anybody he's ever seen could. He said that's a really underrated yeah. thing to have in a guy on a staff. So he wanted to bring Philip Miller back. Uh, he knew Steve Rodriguez is really good in his role as working with, you know, he works with the infielders, uh, also works with the hitters. And in terms of base running, I think you'll probably see Steve Rodriguez as the third base coach now, Philip Miller going back to being the first base coach. So what does that leave you with? That basically leaves you with a decision. Do you want to keep Caleb Longley, who, Craig, as you know, has been a real asset to this staff and mm-hmm. is seen as kind of a young, up-and-coming guy, or do you want to keep Woody Williams? Well, David Pierce said he was thinking about he would thought about it for a long time and was, as he described, it kind of had the itch to, to get back into the pitching coach role and felt like, okay, if you keep Woody at that point, then maybe your coaching staff is a little too pitching heavy. So the, basically the decision was made, do you keep Caleb Longley or Woody Williams? Said it was nothing against the way Woody coached. It says nothing about him as a person. It's just... Somebody had to go to make the numbers work, and it ended up being 
Woody was the last was was the odd man out. Yeah. So now they're moving on with Philip Miller, Steve Rodriguez, and Caleb Longley as your staff. You still got Chris Gordon uh, in his off field role to help with analytics for both hitters and pitchers, and you got David Pierce as the pitching coach. You're bringing Tulo back as director of player personnel. Uh, as far as Travis Accor is the only signing who was drafted, so you know the rest of your signing class is coming back intact. I asked David Pierce for a couple of the the, the newcomers that could help him. I think you're looking at three California kids or, or three kids he's targeted to really help. I think when you look at pitchers, you said George Zaharias is a guy that can come in and help them right away. Will Gasparino was the first name out of his mouth, yep. and, and he was a guy that we knew if he was going to get drafted, it was going to take a lot to sign him, and maybe for some teams just that price tag was too high. Uh, so he's coming to Texas. And the other kid he mentioned as an, as an infielder is Casey Borba. So those three guys are guys that he feels like can come in and give them something right off the bat. So keep an eye on those three guys among the newcomers. Uh, Cam, you'll be happy to know I did ask David Pierce about Nick Sanders. Uh, and, and their catching situation. I think one thing we forget, the veteran presence could just be Kimball Schuessler Schuess, coming back from the right. injury. So you'll get you'll have him coming back. You'll have Ryan Galvan coming back as with another with a year under his belt. Uh, Oliver Service is a catcher that they signed uh, who can do a number of different things. But they, Pierce said he he can be a catcher. And then you got Nick Sanders. I don't know if Nick Sanders will be a guy that necessarily helps them right away, but they love his upside. David Pierce loves Nick Sanders' upside. Said my has an extremely high ceiling, uh, but didn't mention anything about him being able to help out right now. But they're really excited. I know Cam; he was a guy that you were thinking might get drafted and, and be drafted pretty high, but uh, a guy that Texas is real fortunate to get on campus. In terms of the guys that were drafted that could come back, could sign and again. This is David Pierce's feelings. His exact words to me on Dylan Campbell were. He hasn't signed yet, and I'm not saying that there's a chance he comes back, but he hasn't signed yet. So that's kind of where things stand on on Dylan Campbell. Uh, if some of these guys haven't finalized contracts already, he expects uh, Lucas Gordon, Garrett Gilmet, and Travis Stelly to all sign and be gone. Certainly I, I expect Lucas Gordon and probably Travis Staley to do it. So he's, th- he's thinking Gilmet will also yeah, sign. Yeah, he figured Garrett was – when the, he said when they recruited Garrett from USC in the portal, they figured he was going to be a one-year guy, regardless mm-hmm. of what the money is. It's just the position he was taking out in the draft. It just makes a lot of sense. It's kind of what he wanted, so he's expecting him to be gone. Uh, there's always a situation, Craig. We've seen this with those those later round draft picks, where you know even if you you know the money might not work out, and you know it, you you can offer them up to that. What is that? I think ten thousand dollars. Or whatever it is, hundred thousand. I forget what the number is, but it could be far below that, and you mm-hmm. might not sign. But that—that that was apparently the plan with Gil Met was just he was going to be here for a year, and then he was going to be gone. Um, so you've got a really good collection of guys coming back. You've got a really good group of signees coming in. And one thing he told me that was really interesting too was you know, he he said Porter Brown is kind of in the same spot Eric Kennedy was in last year. Kind of assumed he would be here for a year. Thought he was going to get drafted, wasn't. But now you've got a guy that probably is going to come back with a chip on his shoulder, highly motivated. Quarterback your outfield. Yeah, to get into pro ball next mm-hmm. year. And that's that's so huge because you were looking at, assuming D.C. goes ahead and signs, you were looking at having to place your whole outfield. Right. And now that at least you've got quarterback, uh, you know you've got something like Max Ballou is a guy that could mm-hmm. be a corner outfielder. Yep. I like the addition of Luke Storm, the Duke transfer, mm-hmm. who could maybe he could give you some time. You know he could D.H., Maybe he gives you some time at first base. And you always got Boogie. But if you want to, just to kind of maximize your lineup, if you want to put Storm at first base and move Jared Thomas to a corner outfield spot, that's wow. that's an option. Yeah. Because Jared Thomas did come in as kind of a two-way guy, the yeah, ability right. to play infield or outfield. 
So you could do that. That's an option. So you, you've given yourself a lot of flexibility with the guys you've taken out of the portal, the incoming guys and the guys you've got returning. Uh, he's really excited about what they're doing yeah. and really does feel like they're going in the right direction. Uh, I, we did get into the discussion about NIL because we talked about NIL with baseball. Uh, you know, is it could they use more NIL help? Yeah, he said they could, but he likes some of the things, especially with some of the things that are happening with Texas One Fund. He feels like there are steps being taken to get that thing going in the right direction because he knows as well as everybody else affiliated with the baseball program knows. When you start competing in conference with those other schools in the SEC, yeah. your NIL game better be on point for baseball. And I think everybody knows that, but he feels like the the appropriate progress is being made. So it's, you know, didn't like the way the season ended, but, you know, he's he likes the staff makeup, likes his roster, and it's safe to say David Pierce is feeling really good about how things look right now. So I give you another uh, three-letter thing that we're all familiar with with uh, college baseball and those three letters, RPI. And the reason why I bring that up, I saw it on social media yesterday. You may have seen it as well, Jeff. Someone had posted the highest RPI average of the last five years, the highest RPI average of the last five years. And out of that highest RPI average of the last five years, Vanderbilt was number one with the highest RPI. Uh, Texas was number five. Interesting. Highest average RPI the last five years out of that. Um, that came to mind and thinking about some of that. All right. Um, hey, real quick. Um, we still don't know anything about what preseason event Texas will be in, right? I would assume it would be the tournament at Minute Maid, but I hadn't heard anything finalized on that. Deal no, yet. but I think that's going to. I think that's correct. So you think it'll be it'll be the Minute Maid? I think it'll be in Minute Maid. Okay. Yep. Uh, we'll be back to uh, wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Wrapped up for today. Uh, yeah, here's uh, our man Belt Gringo says Texas is playing in the Astros Foundation Classic March 1st through the 3rd with LSU, Houston, Vanderbilt, Texas State, and Louisiana Lafayette. Yep, that's what I've heard. Right, the only well. reason I said that is because last I'd heard it hadn't been finalized on the Texas end in terms right. of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So I, I assume, I know David Pierce wants to alternate between Globe Life and Minute Maid. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, it was under Minute Maid Park news there. Somebody else had, uh, and then for Trucker Tom, who says, "Why no Leander Lions in the top 50? What? No, no surprise there. Well, Leander's a 5A school, not a 6A school, so they wouldn't be in the 6A rankings. But if it's any hint to you, as we do 5A Division One tomorrow, they're picked eighth in 11 5A D1, so they're probably not going to be ranked in the top 10 in 5A Division One. But that's all right. Chris Price trying to flip that thing up there on Baghdad Road." All right, stay tuned. Bucky Godbolt's coming in, getting ready to kick me out of my chair. He and Zay will roll it along. Firm aim behind the glass. Our producer, Cam Parker, from the co-host Jeff. You're out tomorrow, right? Yes. Jeff is out tomorrow. Scheduled day off. Uh, Also uh, tomorrow, Gene Watson, our MLB insider, will be on with us for uh, part of the program tomorrow. Until then, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you tomorrow right here on Light the Tower.